If you're a fan of the Terminator movies, you might have asked yourself from time to time, could this really happen? If so, then this Brains Bite Back episode is for you. In this episode, we want to explore if the Terminator could ever become a reality and what other forms of AI weapons and warfare we might see in the near future. To do this, we are joined by an advanced concept science and technology research and development engineer who has been associated with advanced weapons concepts involving robotics and computerized weapon systems since 1982, Marshall Barnes. Marshall began his career working on ideas for anti-submarine warfare and was a recruitment target by the attorney of arm tech, James Maxwell. In 2018, he published a paper through Scientific America's blog community on current and future weapon systems that was scrubbed off the internet by DARPA because it revealed too much. Marshall kicked off the episode by explaining how he first got started in the technological weapon space and how a love for sci-fi inspired him to design futuristic weapons. He also breaks down how he would revise classic Star Wars weapons and vehicles to make them more effective and how his career was launched by a desire to create his own sci-fi movie. We also discuss a recent BBC article titled Biden urged to back AI weapons to counter China and Russia threats and Marshall shares his thoughts on why he is not afraid of AI becoming self-aware. He also discusses China's super soldier program and how he likes to contemplate countermeasures against new technological weapons from foreign threats as a hobby in his free time. If you like this episode, then some previous episodes of Brain Bite Back you should listen to are UFO Technology, Ancient Civilizations and Unexplained Mysteries, Modern Warfare Technology with Ex-Military Sergeant Turned Tech CEO, and How Accurate is Mr. Robot? The Technology and the Psychology. And don't forget to follow Brains Bite Back on your favorite podcast platforms, including YouTube. And we now have a Brains Bite Back subreddit. You can find it by typing in reddit.com slash r slash brains bite back. And as always, that's bite with a Y. Now enjoy the episode. All right. My name is Marshall Barnes. A lot of times you'll see my work title after my name, which is R-N-D-E-N-G, which stands for Research and Development Engineer. And I work in the advanced concept science and technology area. What does that mean? That means I do the things that people think are probably close to impossible, if not impossible, and try to figure out a way to make them happen. And then see if there's a way to uh, have, have fun and make money off of them. So I'm going to be here in this interview that is going to sound really wild to some of your listeners, particularly because I think they're probably younger than me. I sound young, but I'm not that young. <laughs> um, but I sent you a photo uh, to back up a couple of things I'm going to tell you. Awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll include this on the website on the sociable.co uh, on sure. the article. We'll add that picture there. And I'm really happy to have you on here because you seem like you have a really rich background in this. And yeah, just looking at your pitch that I received from you regarding the stuff that you've done, it definitely seems that you're touching on the impossible and the crazy. And I'm, I'm really happy to get into this with you today. But this episode is uh, dedicated, inspired essentially by the Terminator. And I really wanted to do, to do an episode on the idea of if the Terminator could ever become a reality. And that's the question I want to start with today. And by the Terminator, I mean like humanoid robots that are the next generation of soldiers on the battlefield. So how realistic is this? And are we close to it at all, Marshall? Well, I can't tell you if we're close to it you know, completely. In other words, all right, um, first let me go to that photo because it is connected to what I'm getting ready to tell you, okay? All right. As a lot of your listeners probably know, there's like a open world or open source world, and then there's like a black world, meaning like the secret, top secret, covert stuff. 
And that's why I can't tell you for certain what the status of a predator type robot is. Okay. Mm-hmm. And because that would be what you would call, you know, covert or top secret, that kind of thing. The photo I sent you basically comes from my work in the entertainment industry and a low budget level back in 1983. And there's a, um, there's a one photo uh, that has like kind of like a blade that's glowing white, okay, like a lightsaber. And then underneath that, there's one where I can't remember who it is, but there's someone shooting a gun. You can see like a laser bolt flying out of the muzzle of the gun, right? Uh-huh. And then below that one is me standing with a gentleman. And that guy is the one, and I can't remember his name. I, sh- I should have had it in my head, but he was the guy that played Guido in the movie Star Wars and in the first episode. He's the one that um, Han Solo shot in the cantina bar. All right, they got into the argument at the table, and then you know the blasters came out. He's the one who got shot. That guy took a picture with me because I showed him video from 1983, which is where those stills come from. Well, we're doing stuff that's like in Star Wars. We were doing it. I figured out a way to do it without the rotoscoping. In other words, how they did it. We didn't shoot that on film. We didn't use rotoscoping the way it was done at that time. We used something I came up with, which is basically digital effects, except for the blade. The blade was actually real. It was a stunt blade. And we made a blade that lit up, as you can tell, if you see the picture. Mm -hmm. Um... And it was an action. That photo was taken in action. We, what we did essentially was we had a, we uh, created a plastic uh, hollow sword that we attached a test a handle to. And the handle had actual power going to AC power. And it had inside the plastic sword was a, it was a, you know, a cylindrical one. And we would, could flip the sucker on and it would glow up just like you see it in the picture. So what we would do is we would shoot a scene where somebody's swinging a, a real sword, okay? Mm-hmm. And then what happens is as they got close to the target, then we would say, cut, and then we'd bring out the prop sword, the one that you actually see the glowing blade with, and then we would, like, you know, insert that into the person's hand and continue and then put it all together in the editing. So in the editing, the final thing is you see someone swinging a real blade, and then as it gets close to the target, we cut to a different shot, and now the blade's lit up and it's doing what it's supposed to do, okay? Mm-hmm. So the reason we did that is because in real life, we didn't like the idea of the lightsaber because the lightsaber is just too dangerous of a weapon to have, like, if you can envision, as they did in the movies, uh, ultimately. As you have to remember, I'm talking about 1983-84 time period. Mm-hmm. We didn't like the idea of the lightsaber if there's a bunch of guys swinging a blade around and... You know, we were just thinking, yeah, this thing is like so dangerous. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So we included in the storyline idea of a sensor in the handle of the actual wheel sword, okay? And mm-hmm. as you swung towards your target, it could sense it was getting close to the target, and then it would energize the blade with plasma, which is what was glowing. Mm-hmm. And then there you got your more effective weapon. All right, so this gives you an idea. I'm kind of like where my mind was at back in the 80s, which is back where... I was also offered an opportunity to get involved with an actual company that was going to come up with military weapons. And one of those things had to do with robotics. Mm-hmm. I can't go into the exact detail of what it was because as far as I know, it's still classified. But at the time that I knew about this thing, it was, 
it was classified top secret. And they just want to know, could I figure out a way to kill this thing without using standard military weapons? The, the reason this whole uh, reason this whole thing came apart or came about was because this attorney I was talking to who represent the um, this is a military contractor company. Uh, this guy I was originally talking to him to try to raise money to make that make my own little movie. Okay, that's what the photos were all about. So he was reading my treatment for my movie. I think it was like blown away by the sophistication of the weaponry. And that's why he wanted to recruit me for his company. And I'll tell you, here's a real good example, okay, of where my head is at. And this is, this is something like, like, again, we're talking 83, 84. So I'm more advanced now than I was then. Mm-hmm. But when I saw the Star Wars film, and, you know, the first one, which is, of course, in 77, I was struck by the fact that, okay, wait a minute. These people, they have laser beams, they got Death Stars, they've got all this stuff. What the hell are they doing flying planes that, you know, they, they, they fly through the trench of the Death Star and they got the TIE fighters coming in behind them. And they're like bobbing around trying to block the TIE fighters. That's their way of doing defense. I mean, and so I came up with a thing where you have laser guns in the back of the star, of the X-Wings, okay, or whatever your fighter plane is going to be. And on them is a camera and the camera is attached to a computer. And, in, and inside a computer, are the images or you know the, the silhouettes of every known enemy fighter and friendly fighter that they know there okay so when so if you were to take that technology and put that in the movie now when the tie fighters come flying in behind the x-wings the x-wings have guns in the back and the guns have the cameras and it's like whoa here comes a tie fighter and it goes to the computer computer operates the gun and blows the tie fighter away then you don't have a problem i mean that to me is like just common sense so that's where my head is when it comes to all these ideas we're going to talk about. Okay, essentially, I'm ahead of everybody else. So in terms of the robots, sure, I could, you know, if somebody wanted to pay me to build a, a Terminator robot, I mean, I would have to get help in terms of the actual robotics part of it, but how to make it do what it's supposed to do as a weapon system, as an autonomous weapon system. Sure, I could do that. I could do that now. So I can't tell you where everyone else is. I can't tell you what a Pentagon is. I can't tell you what, you know, North Korea is doing because I don't have access to all that classified information. Mm. Theoretically, they could be doing a lot. I mean, because you got to remember in 83, I saw something about robotics that was related to warfare that was top secret. And as far as I know, it's still top secret because I haven't seen Dow anywhere. But in other words, it's not being used yet. It could be effective as a weapon in the battle space right now. Mm. But I haven't seen it. So, you know, I'm not going to get myself in trouble, um, but so I'm going to just say I, I can't talk about it, but it could, I mean, that it, I know exists. Where have gone beyond that? I have no idea. Yeah. So it, it definitely sounds um, plausible from, from what you're saying. It just, whether or not it's out there is, is a mystery. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I also wanted to bring up something else that I saw in the news recently earlier earlier this month the bbc released a news article titled biden urged to back ai weapons to counter china and russia threats and in this article it states the us and its allies should reject calls for a global ban on ai powered autonomous weapons systems according to an official report commissioned for the american president and congress can you expand on the situation here and share your thoughts on the matter well um <laughs> This is, I'm exp- I've been expecting this to happen. I mean, anybody who has been paying attention to the whole AI 
situation knows that uh, there's been serious discussions about what to do in terms of a military sense of it since like the last 10 years, all right? So part of the issue is, part of it's like, okay, should we have autonomous weapons at all? In other words, weapons that can think for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that has been the, the big thing. But now it looks like they've gotten past that and they're really getting down to the nitty gritty in terms of like, you know, they want to have them. Um, they're talking about this treaty thing, but the, no one's going to sign it. I'm not surprised about that at all. It's all on the table. I think that they're going to pursue the idea of uh, autonomous weapon systems, and that obviously that means AI. But um, the, to the extent that the AI is autonomous, okay, that's the real question. Because you can put limits on it. You could have a weapon that thinks for itself. And I'm laughing because you have to realize, I don't have that high of opinion of the people that are programming stuff, okay? I mean, I just don't. I mean, who was the moron that, like, put the internet components in a car so that people could hack your car? I mean, wow, what kind of genius was that? You know, because I'll tell you what, I got into an argument about about that with with someone one day, and um, I said, there's no reason for this. And I explained to them why you didn't have to have it that way. So... There is a there is a uh, psychological condition, I should say, that exists heavily in the tech community, and I call it digital centrism. What is digital centrism? Digital centrism is when you can't think past the rubric of 20th century or late 20th century computer technology thinking, you know, or that mindset. Everything's got to be done like a computer. If you can't think outside of that rubric, then you've got digital centrism. So I'm looking at these things with the AI and I'm not really worried about AI. Why? Because I've been studying AI for a long, long time. And there's people out there besides me, we already know how to kill it. I mean, you don't fear what you can kill. And I already know how to stop AI. There's back in, which you have to remember, or not, you don't know about. So let me tell you, back around the same time I was working on that movie project, um, there were abortion doctors are being assassinated there is a really big deal back in that time period because there's this big conflict going on and some, I don't know if there was more than one person or at least one person had like a death list that they published and all these abortion doctors' names are on it. And they were just like shooting them. Like, you know, one guy got shot through his kitchen window. So that was the situation there, which then influenced um, the conversation about AI because this is, when we're talking about 83, 84, um, AI was really feared back at that time period. You got to remember, this is only a little more than 10 years after David Bowie came out with this song about um, a supercomputer that ruined everybody's lives, but they built it because they thought it was, they were going to save, save them. Uh, in fact, I think the song was called Save Your Machine. So the, the idea of robots taking over or computers taking over the world um, was very real and very, 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 very negative at that time. And I ran to a guy, he told me, this is like on him, he told me it was part of an organization that was also worried about AI, and they were going to do something about it. And what they were doing is they were tracking the developments, you know, that were being released in terms of what was being looked at and by who in the news. And they were going to make a list. And they said, the guy was telling me their thinking was, hey, when they get to a point where it looks like AI can go, you know, become real and become dangerous, they're going to start killing these guys. 
And um, the thing about it was that that has not happened. So what that tells me is either uh, the guys that were part of this organization weren't, didn't follow through with it, or they figured out what I figured out, which is how to destroy AI. I mean, I was, uh, there's an organization, I think it's IEEE. Um, I can't remember the actual name of it. I haven't done anything with them recently. But they're the ones that are involved with transhumanism and they also deal with issues about AI and et cetera. But I was on there like back in 2011, 2010, talking about, you know, the fact that AI could be destroyed and that people would ask me, how did you do it? And I go, well, look, I'm not going to tell you because I want the humans to win. I tell you about it. It's going to end up uh, like on the internet. It's going to become common knowledge. I mean, store some database and somebody is going to be programming AI to look for every reference to AI being destroyed on the internet. And then my telling you how to do it's going to end up in there. So that defeats the whole purpose. So that's the thing. Fair enough. Well, I'm, I'm team human too. So perhaps keep it to yourself. <laughs> and uh, also, yeah. I guess that you mentioning that means that this podcast will end up on that database. So Absolutely. Hello, hello to any AI listening. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. And if you are, make sure you subscribe and never miss an episode. You can find us on all your usual podcast sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and a whole lot more, including YouTube. And we want to hear what you think, so be sure to leave us a review. Just search Brains Bite Back wherever you get your podcasts. I do have another question. and sure. I'd be interested to know what uh, these weapons or robots would look like because obviously we spoke about Terminator early on in this, mm-hmm. this call and that being like a humanoid kind of robot. But I also remember seeing a video uh, a few years ago where one of the most dangerous threats um, could be like a tiny drone with a facial recognition camera and enough explosive that if it flies into like your head, it, then it kills you. And they could release a swarm of these tiny drones and then selectively kill whoever they want within a city. They could choose um, gender or race or age or anything purely based on the, the facial recognition feature and mm-hmm. leave whoever they wanted untouched. And that seems quite scary. That seems almost scarier than the Terminator idea. Are there specific kind of forms that this AI could take that would be more dangerous than others, in your opinion? Um, okay, this will give you an idea. This is I think, okay? You're telling me about these, this swarm model of these little tiny things flying around that have facial recognition, et cetera. And I'm already thinking like, how, okay, so how would you stop this? And I already figured out how you would stop them. So, wear a mask? You know, <laughs> huh? Wear a mask? Now, I'm not even going to say, because some, some asshole is going to do that. You know what I mean? Someone's going to probably try to use something like that. And I don't want the countermeasure. Remember, I'm aware of the fact that everything we say and do, not everything literally, but in something like this, is ending up on, on, on the internet. So it could, it's going to be in a dozen databases. You're, you've got an international show. I don't know who the heck is listening to this thing. You know what I mean? So, you have a big following in North Korea, actually. <laughs> You do? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> well, well, I mean, like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't I, think I, they I get to... podcasts in North Korea. I don't think so. Anyway, I don't know. I've never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 is, that, that is. Yeah, I, I get it. I know what you mean. But the the bottom line is that, you know, the, that I believe you was the was the swarm idea. But at the same time, it's like I don't want to help the people that might want to try to do the swarm. You know, 
I want I want the the countermeasures are best when they are not known, when they are secret. And so you know, they think, oh wow, we're going to get them this way, and then you know it turns out no, nope, it blows back in their face. But like I said, I mean as an example with the Star Wars thing, my mind works that way very easily. I mean at this point it's fast. Back then it was a little bit slower, you know, but uh, we saw the obvious flaw to the whole idea of that, uh, the way they were doing the starfighters back then. So, um, you know, so basically, I mean, for, I mean, the other thing, I to give you another idea. Did you hear about the Chinese and their super soldier program? I think I've heard something along those lines, but in, in, enlighten me because I don't think I know that much and maybe our listeners don't know about it. Well, basically what happened was it was in the news because there's some people in Congress and the Pentagon that are really worried about the super social program. And <laughs> I, gotta, I have to try to keep them laughing. But I looked, at, I looked it up on the internet and I saw this video of these Chinese. <laughs> and yeah, I'm laughing at them. They, 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 they have these different guns, okay? They, they had like guns that could shoot around a corner and stuff. They were showing off all this stuff. They had about, eh, I don't think it was like maybe five or so guys that were going through this this demonstration in a in a mock-up battlefield area. And this was being done for like, you know, some big muckety mucks in the Chinese media and military. So I'm watching this and I'm thinking, okay, this is what they're doing. So how how, how could I stop this? And then like in under five minutes, I'm 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 laughing. I'm going, okay, I know to stop this. And I'm out you know, everybody at this point that's in this thing, if I, and I'm imagining, you know, like that whole area being filled up with soldiers, okay? I'm um, like, okay, everybody there's dead now. With, from five guys with the weapon system I just figured out how to do, five guys armed with my countermeasure to kill 50 guys or more that was using these new weapons. That's why I'm laughing because it was, see, my hobby, a lot of people, they, they play like, you know, magic, you know, the gathering and all kinds of stuff. I sit around and whenever a foreign country comes out with a big, oh, we got this new weapon that will do this and blah, blah, blah. I'm always looking at it to figure out how to stop it. You know, that's my hobby. Right now I'm working on the Russians uh, status six super tor nuclear powered torpedo thing. Um, that's going to take a little bit more work, but the basic idea of how to stop that I've already figured out. What did if we had to go to war against North Korea, talking to North Korea, how do we deal with all those guys that can come across, you know, the uh, demilitarized zone and try to attack South Korea? All right, I got that one figured out. There's a lot of things. A lot of my ideas are things that are not that high tech. And the reason why I don't do them that way is because part of my role that I see, because I'm not actually doing anything with the Pentagon, is if the United States is ever in a pickle, where you know we you know we had some serious things going down. I could contact them and say, "Here's your fix." All right, and it's only going to take you like you know, 20 days at the most to build all this stuff. Let's do it because it would solve the problem. I mean, probably less than that for your in that time period. But you know, so that's what I do. That's that's my hobby. Um, it's thinking those kind of things up because I I, I crack up. At first, I was intimidated. Like a lot of other people are when they hear about, oh, this country's got this new weapon and what are we going to do? And I just got to the point where I started figuring out, well, what would we do? 
and I started looking at looking at answers. Just like that attorney told, like um, I was telling you about where the, the, the robotic thing from the, uh, with the military purpose thing. And uh, I was given the, the idea of like, how could you stop this with non-military weapons? And I, I got it figured out in five minutes and that's why they offered me the job. I didn't take it though, because there was something up with them that I think they turned out to be a, a cutout uh, company for the CIA. And I was not, you know, I wasn't down with trying to get involved with military things at that time. I was just trying to raise money to make my own little Star Wars movie, you know, that's how the whole thing out. <laughs> I wasn't trying to kill people for real. I was yeah. just trying to make cool weapon systems so I could outdo George Lucas. <laughs> um, hey, well, it's good to know you're, you're, you're in reserve in case anything kicks off. Hopefully you won't be called to action. Um, right. But, um, but yeah, I do have one last question to you. So obviously you mentioned earlier that you're you're quite positive about AI and there's not too much concerning you surrounding it. And that kind of leads into my last question because news surrounding AI and warfare is understandably usually very negative and concerning. Are there any aspects of this technology that you think are positive and look good for humanity? No. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> it's kind of because, the answer I thought. But. Well, yeah, well, I mean, it's like... And that warfare is not necessarily positive unless you have to deal with a really bad threat like you know, Japan or you know and Nazis. But um, and other than that, I mean, it, warfare is not that, that great of an idea, and AI is not that great of an idea. It's even worse. So you combine AI with warfare, and you've got just nothing but problems unless you know how to stop the AI. So you know that's that's so that's my my thinking on it. You'll be fine. But I suppose the only positive that I could think out of all of this, which is a slight positive, is more robots in the battlefield, less humans in the battlefield, and hopefully. Yeah, but, you know, but the the problem with that is the is there's a backside to that, which is if it gets to that point, warfare becomes more te uh, palatable, you know. Mm, yeah. It's easy to get involved in a war. Oh. Now we're about to square one of no good. Right, and, and that's <laughs> no part of the problem. That's part of the problem. And then you got collateral damage. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a situation where the robots just fight each other. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of problems that, that, that open up in you know, a Pandora's box there. You know, so wow. there's no real upside. Let's hope you're sitting in the wings, ready to step into action if any of this <laughs> does kick off. Uh, but uh, Marshall, if people want to keep in contact with you or reach out, to you, uh, how can they do that? Do you have social media or a website? I kind of want to keep that on the down low, only because, I mean, you know, when you talk about stuff like this, you get all kinds of weirdness that just come out of the freaking woodwork. And it's, you know, so basically the people that really should talk to me know how to get a hold of me. You know, <laughs> I mean, they'll do, they'll do it. But I mean, when you just open up, you know, your, your communication or contact information, you'd be surprised what kind of things you end up getting so that's okay well given um how secret you need to be with all this information i appreciate you coming <laughs> onto the podcast and sharing what you can with our listeners it's <laughs> and, uh, fun. Yeah, it's I love it. <laughs> awesome growing a company has many hurdles from securing funding to expanding your business capabilities to ranking better on search each business challenge is uniquely complex the solution to these challenges is growth-focused digital PR and marketing, and that is where our sponsor, Publicize, comes in. 
Publicize sets itself apart from traditional PR companies. It doesn't charge large retainers or churns out press releases whether you've got a newsworthy announcement or not. Publicize builds your business's online presence and gets high quality PR and media coverage for startups and entrepreneurs who are priced out of a broken PR industry. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brains Bike Back listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co slash BBB. That's publicize.co slash BBB. This is the end of today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this and you want to hear more episodes just like it, then follow and subscribe to Brains Bite Back wherever you get your podcasts. We're also available on YouTube under the channel of our publication, The Sociable. Just search Brains Bite Back and you'll find all of our episodes there. We really love hearing what you have to say. So leave us a review on iTunes or on any other podcasting platform to let us know what you think. You can also reach out on Twitter at, at The Sociable. And finally, go to sociable.co where you can find all our episodes and plenty of articles on topics just like this. Thanks again for joining us and until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. Stay healthy.